If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, and friends... Let me tell you, today we're going to be talking about engaging donors and volunteers through text messaging. And Larry Talley is going to be joining us. Larry is a self-taught programmer, and not only that, but also one of 14 kids. He is a serial entrepreneur and founded Everywhere. That is spelled W-A-R-E, Everywhere. It is a tech company that helps both nonprofits and for-profits engage their audience and take money by text. Before I bring Larry on, let me just share with you why I wanted to cover this topic. And the reason is I hate texts. I hate everything about texts. I am terrible at sending texts, and then I end up reading my texts into my phone, and then I have all these misspellings, which are difficult to correct. I hate receiving texts because it means I have to respond. I am someone who really, really dislikes text messaging. But I also am willing to accept that things that I might not like potentially are the next wave of fundraising. And so I'm like, okay, I got to talk to Larry and I got to find out more because maybe I just have to learn how to grin and bear text or like text or whatever that might be. Hey, Larry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Dolph. Uh, nice to meet you and thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So before we hit record, I share with you my my strong disdain for text that I, I think it's so useful for, hey, running late or pick up a gallon of milk on your way home, honey. But for conversation, et cetera, I just, I don't like to be engaged by text. So help me understand the appeal of giving by text. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of the big things about giving by text is the convenience of it. You know, a lot of times that we would love to give and we would like to give and I'm like, oh, I'll just get to that, you know, tomorrow or next week or what have you. And chances are you continually forget. And the one thing that text does for us, it's like a crisis management platform. In other words, like if there's like an Amber alert, like you get an announcement on your phone, right? So for text messaging, it's about problem solving in 140 characters or less. It's not a lengthy email, right? And man, 
if you hate text, I'm sure you probably hate getting all that email as well. So uh, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of us, you know, today that maybe would like to move some of those text conversations off of our phone. But for the most part, when it comes to giving, man, what a great way to just be really, you know, convenient at it. So first of all, Larry, you did kind of peg me because I don't love email either. I think email is great for sending memos and bad for communication and engagement. So I hear you. I hear you 100%. Um, And I also get that email is the way that a lot of organizations raise money. That's why I wanted to have this conversation. Yeah. So, you know, probably a better way to communicate with a guy like you is through emojis. (laughs) That's actually partially true. You're right. I mean, like emojis are simple and easy and and I will often respond with them. Talk to me about... um, the actual mechanics of giving by text. And obviously I've been to events where people do that and and I will participate when that's what they're doing um, at an event. But like, what's the actual mechanics on the nonprofit side? Yeah, what's great about um, texting for nonprofits is that the very first time you actually give, so, if, so for instance, if you text the word give to a number, you know, our system will ask you, you know, how much would you like to give to this nonprofit? You say $5. Basically, it comes back with a secure payment link and you give. But what's even better is the second time around that you give to that same nonprofit, it'll send you again, not a payment link this time, a message back saying thank you. So in other words, you text the word give, you say $10, our platform says thank you. In other words, you're already in the system, you're already provisioned, your profile's already there. We already know your phone number, we know who you are. So there's no need for you to put your credit card in again. But again, help me understand the mechanics for the for the nonprofit. Like, do they need to reach out to their constituents and ask permission? Hey, can we be texting you on a regular basis? Because, you know, I would imagine in their CRMs, most nonprofits have hundreds, if not thousands of of mobile address of mobile f- cell phone numbers. But, you know, what what's the actual mechanics? Yeah. So the mechanics behind it, well, for one is that you are actually asking that, you know, individual to text in. So it versus texting out, you're texting in. So you don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, unsubscribed or the opt outs or, you know, potentially bad phone numbers because they would never reach you. So it's in this case, it's you as an individual texting in, which is really giving that business now permission to communicate with you. And everything we do is through real phone numbers. So you're not going to get a short code. It's going to be a real number. So if you were to call that number, it would ring directly to that nonprofit. Got it. And so can someone also just text a question then to that phone number? Like, hey, what what time do you close tonight? Exactly. So that's the great thing about it, you know, is not only can you text in to give, but you can also use it as a communication tool. And I go back to more or less like a crisis management. In other words, like you want to get a hold of someone, you fire out a text message chances are you can hit the bullseye every time. And and I will say, and this is probably one of the things I don't love about text is there is an expectation of a really rapid response to a text message. So what are nonprofits doing in terms of staffing that text line? Yeah, well, the great thing about a text line is that it doesn't really have to be real time because that would be a live chat. And in a live chat, you know, it'd be very, <laughs> it'd be pretty annoying if I was to communicate with you and only get a response like every hour. But with text messaging, it's socially acceptable. You might be dropping the kids off at school. You might be running late at work or what have you. Text messaging, nobody's mad at one another if you text 10 minutes later or an hour later. And that's really the beauty behind text messaging. It just doesn't have to necessarily be real time. Got it. So it is, I've always viewed text messaging as more um, people expecting a faster response, but it sounds like, like most people that you're working with view it as asynchronous communication. Exactly. Yeah, most people like, 
it's based on everyone's own time. And I think that's the beauty behind text messaging. It's really based on your time or potentially that nonprofit's time. Yeah. And help me understand why text messaging is the future as opposed to email or, I mean, I, I think I think I understand why United States Postal Service mail might not be the future, but as opposed to email or U.S. Postal Service or some other way of communicating and engaging. Yeah. So if you think about it, your cell phone number is more powerful than your social security number. In other words, if you forgot your password right now for your bank account, they're not going to ask you for your social. They're going to send you a text message with a code to your cell phone. So you think about all the ways right now that you're using your cell phone number it really makes sense for you to now use this as a payment method or a way to transact with your cell phone number. It's really your unique identifier. And what you find is that most people might have four or five email addresses, but chances are they only have one cell phone number. And chances are that cell phone number, if you're like me who lives in Austin, Texas, man, I still carry a South Florida cell phone area code, right? And a lot of us are exactly the same. For whatever the reasons are, or it's programmed in our in our brain that that's my number, it belongs to me, and I don't want to give it up. Got it. And I get why people are attached to their cell phone numbers. I'm that way. I have a I have a Philly cell phone number, even though I live in Atlanta. But help me understand why it's the future of giving. Again, as opposed to email, I've I've also had the same email for ten personal email for ten or twelve years. Yeah, I think when it comes down to giving, is that you want to meet your customer where they are. Right. So if it's in email, you know, great. You know, you're going to be in email. If it's in on the online through a portal system, awesome. Right. But if it's through your cell phone, even better, you know, because the cell phone is like our third arm. It's attached to our bodies. We don't go or leave without our cell phones. Right. So being able to have that cell phone number is very powerful, especially for a nonprofit. And again, if it was like the Red Cross and you have to do an immediate fundraise, chances are they're going to send out a text message campaign for all their cell phone numbers versus an email right away because they know when it comes to sending out a text message, they're going to get a response right away. So I think that the cell phone number in itself has so many uses behind it. And I think we're really just scratching the surface um, because we're really starting to see now this blend of basically, you know, for instance, Apple has iMessage, right? Android has RCM. So you're now you're starting to see applications, right, that are not backed by a carrier leverage the cell phone number for communication. And you're going to see more and more of that as we go into the future. So, Larry, I think a lot of our listeners right now might be thinking to themselves, hey, yeah, of course, we should be thinking about having people or giving people the opportunity to give by text. But I think what would be really useful would be if you could share a story or two of nonprofits that have successfully used texts to raise money and engage their audience. So, you know, one that really comes to mind is actually right here and locally in Austin, Texas, where we have Tip the Trail. And what is Tip the Trail? That means that basically right now we have all these nature, you know, parks and walks, right? And it costs money to staff them with individuals. And to keep them, you know, obviously looking green and fresh. So being able to have a sign up there that says tip the trail and you simply type in the word tip to a number and it asks you how much would you like to donate or tip to this trail? It's been a great way for the local community to raise money for their local parks, for their local trails. Um, and again, you can apply this just about to anything. But ultimately, it's been great where uh, once upon a time, they used to have somebody manning it, right? So they actually pay somebody to be there, which really just takes away. 
So in this case, we're able to give really 100% back by literally just having signs out there that say tip the trail. And you'll be amazed how many people actually do it. And it's very exciting to see, um, you know, every year that number continue to go up. So I love that. I think it's such a great example of ways that we could be using text messaging as nonprofits. Do you do you have any data on numbers for that organization, like number of gifts or roughly amounts raised or? Yeah. So just last year now, over 300,000 was collected locally here in Austin, Texas through Tip the Trail. Wow. So 300,000 um, being spread out across the county to help support the trail systems has been really huge. So you know, we're excited to take part in that. We're excited to be a part of that uh, that community. And ultimately, I'm one of those guys that actually walk these trails pretty frequently. So I'm glad that I'm playing a small role, I like to think of, even though it helped raise a lot of money. But I played a very, I feel like a small role in just, just being helping, you know, just being part of it. Hey, so Larry, you're starting to win me over now because I was not expecting the 300,000 number. I was expecting... 3,000 or maybe 30,000. So I'm going to smile when I ask this. Now, you, you didn't give 299,000 at a trip, tip the trail sign, right? <laughs> no, I, it wasn't me, though. But you know what, though? I will say, though, the average uh, tip amount is five bucks. Wow. So $5. Yeah. So $5, to, you know, so in other words, if, not, if I had a sign out there and I said, hey, please uh, give a dollar, people would just give a dollar. But if I leave it open and say, you know, please tip the trail, you'd be surprised how many people might feel like a dollar is not enough. And hey, by the way, I'm with three or four people, you know, five bucks. So five bucks right now is really the average uh, for tipping the trail. Wow. That, so so I'm doing some quick math. So if $5 is the average, I got to pull up my Excel here. Oh, wow. So my, my head math was right. So about 60,000 people. 60,000 people. Or 60,000 gifts. So like maybe this one person gave three times, but 60,000 gifts in one year, totaling 300,000. We got some cool trials here in Austin, Texas. That's all. Well, so, I mean, I'm not doubting you. This is awesome. And so now I'm better understanding this. So now these organizations also now have, sorry, Tip the Trail. I should not say these organizations. Tip the Trail now has the cell phone numbers of all of those people who give. And so, so let's say you know, on average, you know, each person gave twice. So they've got like 30,000 cell phone numbers now. That is correct. So think about, you know, during like, for instance, the holiday season, right? It's the holiday season, you know, based, don't forget about your parks and your trail systems. You know, uh, would you like to continue to, to support us? You know, uh, please reply yes. If you'd like to donate five bucks and it goes through, you know, so it's this great way, like you said, to continue to have that conversation later on um, when they're no longer even, in the, maybe in the same state and they're still mm-hmm. be able, able to give. So I think that's the beauty of, you know, the platform like this um, when it comes to supporting, in this case, the trail systems, but it also does a great job at supporting like just national parks as mm-hmm. well. And and so I'm, I'm starting to run through this in my head. And again, this was like, sell me, sell me, Larry, and you're selling me now, which I'm grateful for. So I'm starting to run through this in my head because this 501c3s, while we can't be engaged in electoral or partisan politics, we can be engaged in issue advocacy. And so as an example, Tip the Trail has tens of thousands of phone numbers that when it comes time for, I don't know, uh, legislation at the Austin City Council around uh, funding for trails, they can actually text all 30 or 60,000 people on their list and say, hey, funding is, a, you know, there's a funding issue that we need your help on. Absolutely. Right. Or maybe they want to add more trails to the system itself. Right. Or it's to protect or preserve, you know. So like you said, 
I think that you even took it one step further, which is now making it a voice. In other words, like you have a crowd of people that obviously had a great experience and now you can help, you know, take this crowd and actually use them to your advantage to help maybe preserve a park or maybe even create a new park from scratch. Wow, that that's incredible. Okay, so let's say I'm in Tip the Trail CRM. Because by the way, I still give the old fashioned way. I get out my checkbook, I write a check, I drop it in the mail. I know people are like, how old are you? I'm only 50, but that's how I like to give. So, you know, so let's say that I'm in Tip the Trail CRM. I've, you know, I've made three gifts by check. So they have my, my mailing address. Typically don't share my email because, well, then I'm going to get email from them. And I typically don't share my cell phone number. Is there some way that they're able to know that I made those gifts on? At, at a tip the trail sign by text? There is. And really the way is that your cell phone number behind the scenes with our platform, we do a reverse lookup and we actually know who the phone belongs to, how long it's been in service, what carrier. So we actually collect a lot more data points behind the scenes by you simply just texting in to tip the trail. Now, we don't necessarily promote that, right? But at the same time, it's very powerful data that we use for other things. Yep. I get it. I get it. And so, but what that would mean then is if I've sent those three gifts in by check to tip the trail, and then I made, you know, two $5 contributions, all that would be my CRM record. So they would know, okay, sometimes I give by text, sometimes I give by check. Exactly. Right. And in addition to that, you know, they basically know how often, right? Are you somebody that does it once a year? Are you somebody that basically does it multiple times? Right. So maybe they offer you or send you a trail, tip the trail t-shirt. I mean, you Right. Again, there's so many different ways to help incentivize or motivate somebody to continue to give. Right. And part of the other thing I'm starting to realize then is if those tip the trail signs are only at trailheads, they also will know that I've hiked on their trails. That is correct. Right. Even down to like, you know, knowing like what day and times. Right. So yeah. they're, now they're collecting like, oh, we know we see like at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning to 12 p.m. We collect the most amount of money. Right. So, again, so many cool data points, and it all starts with somebody literally just tipping the trail. Right. And so in terms of engaging donors and prospective donors, now, like, again, like, you're you're definitely 100% piquing my interest. That is super cool. As I think about this now, because, again, sorry, you know, this is where I came up in fundraising in before there was text messaging. Um, I There was... Actually, the first place I worked, we didn't even have email the first place I worked. And I mean, we, we got it. We got it a few years after I'd been there. But when we first got it, there was one email address for the entire agency. And you used to have to go to a conference room and sit at a computer and you'd hear the dialogue happening when you checked the agency's wow. email. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it's like an AWOL account. Um, actually, I think it was a Juno account, which, oh, um, Juno. yeah, wow. yeah. So, you know, wow. so, yeah. So, um, <laughs> listeners, if you, if you remember Juno, I'm sorry, it probably means you're old. I am too. Um, but, um, so all that is to say that this is why I'm kind of trying to walk myself through this. So as an example, and, and I, don't really, I don't really do fundraising consulting, but a lot of my clients have, are community centers. And so like they could actually like do a text to give in their meeting rooms, et cetera. Hey, you know, do you like this facility? Or, you know, hey, do you value the community center? Text to give. And they could just put those signs up actually in their center. And same thing. Then when people are using, they're going to see it and they might give. Absolutely. And that's, a, that's really a great way too to collect other, you know, basically data points. Like you said, after you actually give, the system can ask a couple of questions and it could be questions around based on the experience, 
Um, you know, and that's really the cool thing about, you know, the platform itself is that you can actually ask them follow-up questions and maybe on a scale to one to five to rate their experience, that kind of deal. So it's a great way to, like you said, to help collect some more data points that you really wouldn't have access to. Yep. I love it. Okay. So tip the trail. You're turning me on with tip the trail. Do you have one more real, real life, real case scenario that's maybe a little bit different? So, you know, not, not a sign at a trailhead or in a community center. Yeah. So when it comes down to like saving the dolphins, it's a great way to help, you know, protect a species right now. And man, who doesn't love dolphins, right? So being able to, uh, you know, generate a campaign and awareness around dolphins that for most people know that there's an issue out there, right? There's a big problem out there. So, okay, but now help me understand. So where are they getting the message out? Because, you know, pretty clearly, like, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's not like a dolphin trail where, you know, where they're going to, you know, where they're going to put the text you know, text to give sign right up at that trailhead for dolphins. So how are they getting their text message message out? Yeah. So in this case right now, it actually starts with advertising. So in other words, on social media, so whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, you know, early morning Saturday TV, you'll find commercials out there that basically talk about, you know, what's going on with the dolphins and ways to help protect them and save them. Um, so whether it's scanning a QR code or basically texting in, you now have ability to play a role and actually help save a dolphin. So it's been very, very effective at really at, um, at protecting some endangered species and also the same way of helping um, really just get money or, or at least get the knowledge out there to folks that probably thought maybe or didn't even know there was a problem. And so they're only really marketing it on social media and like some TV promos. Exactly. So you'll see it show up in your Facebook stream, you know, or your Instagram stream. And like we all do, we all see these advertisements there. Um, and again, something in there that basically kind of resonates or hits home, um, you know, with a, a species like dolphins. Um, and then I could apply the same thing, you know, with, you know, dogs or cats, especially during hurricanes. It's been really, really effective at basically helping these dogs find homes or helping these cats, um, you know, find homes. So it's been a really, really successful tool at actually helping out um, not only a dangerous species, but just again, just our cats and dogs. Yeah. Man. And and so um, again, I'm, I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So when they're advertising, when Protect the Dolphins are advertising on social media, are they, as an example, are they paying to boost posts? Are they? Is this all organic? So they get their board and their volunteers to boost it. How are like how are they amplifying their message? Yeah. So a big part of though is actually paid advertising. So you're right though. They are actually, you know, pay to play, mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately it has to actually pay in order to do so. In other words, it has to be effective. It cannot be else. They just wasted a lot of marketing dollars. Right. So, but again, so it's about educating the audience that there is a problem out there and that costs something. Um, but that, at the end of the day though, you're actually building an audience and that's what really they're trying to do is build an audience, build a following, and hopefully get them to pay not only once, but continue to, to give um, to that society. And that's been a great way. And you're seeing like even bigger organizations like the Red Cross, um, you know, take advantage of this, you know, basically this way of collecting. And so for um, Save the Dolphins, do you, do you have any numbers you could share in terms of amounts collected, number of gifts, any estimate on advertising costs, that kind of thing? No, unfortunately, I don't have the numbers on the actual advertising costs. I can't see what they're spent right now. 
But I can tell you that, and it's been going on now for about three years, so pretty long time. And no, so for the last three years, about eight hundred thousand um, has been collected. So not knowing if they're spending yeah. like you know a hundred bucks a week or ten thousand right. a week, I really don't know. Uh, but you know, being able to you know see exactly a program like this that's been going on for quite some time, basically just shows me and really that the program is working. It's very successful for what they're trying to you know accomplish. Um, so it's just a great way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've, I've got a couple more questions then. So they've raised about 800,000 over three years, roughly how many gifts? Yeah. So roughly, you know, I, that's a good question. I really should, you know, look and actually see, you know, how many uh, donations, you know, for those, uh, individuals came in, um, you know, but basically I know that, you know, the average person that basically gives the dolphin gives on average about $25. Really? Oh, wow. So, so more than the trail. Okay. Wow. So, so, so I'm doing some quick math here. So that means over about over a three year period, they've gotten about thirty two thousand gifts. If, if there's an average of twenty five dollars per gift, yeah, so they've gotten exactly. about thirty two thousand gifts. So roughly ten to eleven thousand gifts a year. And my guess is that they're doing it more seasonal than anything. Mm. In other words, they're timing it around whether it's a program that they're trying to introduce into the marketplace or a way for them to generate you know, revenue to use towards a newer program, you know, my guess would be, again, it's more or less seasonal versus like a campaign that's running every single day. Yep. All right. So, so we've covered a few different areas. We've covered putting a sign up where your users are. We've covered advertising on social media. What are, do you have, do you have one more story of a nonprofit that's using text, text forgiving, that's using something other than just to sign up or social media paid advertising? Yeah. So, you know, again, we talked about basically more inbound and now we're basically talking about, again, now the outbound outreach of this, right? So during the times of year, and again, I'm going to use the perfect, you know, which is the holiday season. I mean, who does not like to give during the holiday season? We're all in that given mode. Um, so being able now to use all the data that you've collected along the way for the last year and now you put highly targeted campaigns together that do more outreach to collect money. So this time we're actually asking, hey, Dolph, we've seen that you made a donation in the past. We have, you know, such and such program going on this, you know, for the going for the next year. We would like to ask you if you're willing to make a donation of $25 or more. And in this case, though, we always say, like, ask for the number of what you want your audience to give. In other words, like in this case, off, would you like to give $25 or more? You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and you'll be surprised. You basically set the floor and you basically program in their mind that, hey, $25 is the minimum number that they're asking for. I will give that or chances are they're going to give a little extra. Yeah, makes sense. So um, one final question on this, retention. So when it comes to old-fashioned United States Postal Service mail, I kind of know how retention works. When it comes to even more old-fashioned face-to-face, I know how retention works. Same thing with email. Texting, like it seems to me that those are probably the most serendipitous donors who are like, oh, I just feel like it right now. How do you retain them from year over year? Yeah, is that you don't basically hammer them over the head with text messaging. In other words, like when you want to collect money, it's very much like hitting the bullseye. So everything is basically like a laser. It's super laser focused. We recommend that, you know, it's once every three months, not once every month even. In other words, like let them give on their own. And if they don't give on their own, then, you know, nudge them a little bit every 90 days. 
But if you become intrusive, you're going to see that you're going to get a lot more people basically just going to opt out. And so we found that, you know, the best results are basically kind of having somewhat of a hands off and not being so in your face or intrusive else, you know, you'll get guys like Dolph that basically hate text messaging for all those reasons, right? Because man, they just won't stop hiring every single week with given. So make it highly focused, you know, have a good target in mind. And then again, don't hammer them over the head with text messaging because you'll see that it's literally hitting the bullseye. So make it effective. All right. Well, Larry, I can't speak for all of my friends that listen, but I will speak for myself. I started this conversation actually pretty doubtful. Like, yeah, I don't think Larry's going to be able to convince me that texting is a good idea for most nonprofits. I think it's going to be a lot of work and not a lot of payoff. When I say a lot of work, you know, tens of hours of work and only hundreds or thousands of dollars of payoff. And you've uh, you've convinced me. You sold me. And uh, I again, awesome. I, I walked in pretty cynical and uh, I'm, I'm walking out. I, I mean, I'll be frank and say, I don't know that I'm going to respond to a text campaign, but I could absolutely now better understand why an organization should be doing text campaigns and ways they can be doing them that actually supports all the rest of their fundraising activities. Absolutely. It's just part of your marketing mix, right? And that's really the important thing about it is that you know, it's all of it working together. Yeah. So again, I, I feel I have a smile on my face because I was, I walked in being like, this one's going to be a tough sell. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he can do it. And you did it. So um, awesome. the good news is we still have time for the off the map question. And so I know that you have been on your own since you were 14 years old. And I, I'm just going to let that sink in for the audience. So you've been on your own since you were 14 years old. If today you could get in a time machine and go back and give the teenage you some advice, what would it be? Yeah, I always say that for most of us, even as we age into our 20s, we still don't know what we want to do in life. And I and I would tell you that that's okay because I know there's adults out there that even in their 30s or 40s are still trying to figure out what the heck to do, right? So I would say to the one that's 14, that basically maybe doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have like what all potentially all their friends have. Um, I will say, don't even worry about that. Because the minute you worry, it basically sucks you in. I think it's a positive mindset. It's an attitude of like, man, I am going to freaking crush it in this world. And I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. In other words, like I'm going to continue to knock down doors. When somebody says no, that just means that somebody else is going to say yes. Right. So, you know, to a young 14 year old, that's basically just, you know, trying to figure things out. I would say that, man, it just comes naturally. You know, in other words, like you're going to wake up every day and you're going to feel good. Well, keep on feeling good because great things are going to continue to happen in your life. And again, it's just having that mindset and that attitude of just going out and wanting to win. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I think that's good advice for any 14-year-old and any 44-year-old as well, um, or 54-year-old. So, Larry, thank you. And, and thank you so much for just sharing authentically. I'm, I'm grateful that you were willing to. Thank you. And thank you for coming on. Again, I have to share with you, you um, you've actually changed my mind. Well, as I said, well, I probably won't respond to a text message campaign because I don't want all the texts. Um, I, I actually think organizations should figure out how they can incorporate texting into their into their fundraising. And so, listeners, if you're at that point too, if you started off um, either 
if you if at the beginning of this conversation you're like, eh, we don't have giving by text messaging, not sure how important it is, why don't you go over to everywhere.com and where is W-A-R-E. That's everywhere.com. That is Larry's company. And while you're there, you can get information about text messaging as a fundraising and communication tool so that you can leverage texting with your donors, your volunteers, and all of your audience. There's also a nonprofit pro article that I'm going to want to point you to. It is a long URL, and I know you're probably listening on your phone and don't have a pen in your hand. So we're going to link to that nonprofit pro article that's entitled How Reaching Fundraising Goals Could Be a Text Away. We're going to link to that in our show notes. And additionally, Everywhere is offering a 60-day trial on their platform. That is a trial at zero cost to you if you want to check it out. So all you've got to do is text nonprofit to, and then there's a phone number. We're going to put the phone number in the show notes as well. But if you text nonprofit to this specific phone number, you can get the 60-day free trial. You're probably, I think this this episode's going to air about middle of August. So you're probably finalizing your fall campaign ideas now. This would be a good time to reach out to everywhere. So um, the last thing, Larry, that I just wanted to ask, if you happen to have a sign, like a picture of the um, uh, tip a trail sign, I would love to include that in the show notes too, just so our listeners could could um, could see that. And also maybe like a screenshot of a Save the Dolphin um, advertisement, just so our listeners could see that. I, I really think it's going to help them better, th- better think through some ways they can use what you've talked about. Is that possible? Absolutely. Amazing. Larry, you're an incredible human being. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Doff, for having me. It's been great. And I, uh, I look forward to uh, the next one. All right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. couple quick things. If you don't have a pen in your hand and you're not sure you're going to remember everywhere.com or you want to check out the nonprofit pro article or get the phone number that you can text so you can get a 60-day trial on the Everywhere platform, all you've got to do is go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com. If you're one of our regular listeners, you hear me say SuccessfulNonprofits.com all the time. So that one you're going to remember. Go there, go to the show notes, and you can also check out the images of ways that other organizations are promoting their text to give. Finally, listeners, a couple things. Number one, if you found this episode useful, if it caused you to think about using text messaging as a way to accept donations and engage your audience, there's two other episodes I want you to think about. One is episode 127, Cracking the Corporate Gifts Code with Joe Vela. And the second is episode 170, Challenge the Fundraising Status Quo with Sherry Quam Taylor. And while you're online and checking this out, please share this episode with people on your board or within your organization who you think might benefit from better understanding text messaging as a way to reach donors. And by the way, if you're a development director or an executive director and you've got that board member who's like, ah, text, why would anyone give by text? Kind of the way I started out, this would be a great episode to ask them to listen to. That, listeners, is our show for this week. I hope that you've gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive. And after a short pause, the lawyers pop back into my head and say, Dolph, you have to tell folks that you're not an accountant nor an attorney, 
and that neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Why the lawyers make me say this each time when we did not talk about anything that's tax, legal, or accounting, I don't know, but they do. So please remember, for informational purposes only, if you realize that you need tax, legal, or accounting advice, please find a licensed, qualified professional and get their counsel. And if you're not sure who to reach out to, you know, you can always give me a call or send me an email. Text probably won't work so well. And I'm happy to try to connect you with someone who can help meet that need.